The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella. It is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm joined this week by JC. How's it going, buddy? Oh, and you are muted. That's a good start. There we go. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm not muted anymore. How's it going? It's good to see you, my man. Good to see you um, too, buddy. Oh, I'm excited for this. I'm. You've been on the show before. This is not a new experience for you. And, and you, of course, were on the show a bunch of times back in the old podcast days before we found this new fancy visual technology. The you know, before bringing time, ourselves yes. roaring into like the 1990s with our technology. And, and we're getting there. You've been a mainstay, but you know this is a, but this is a, a nice opportunity for you and I to do this one together. Just us gents, and I'm excited because I, I think that the audience is going to really like getting to know us. Okay, can I can I tell you something about that song now, now oh, that you've just oh, completely... So, <laughs> tell me if this is sad, okay? Okay. I, 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 I'm on the TikTok, that's not the sad part, even though I'm 35. Uh, I, 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 watch I am TikTok older than videos. you and also on the TikTok, don't start. Oh, I don't feel alone, <laughs> fantastic. Um... But on TikTok, there was an artist who did a folk version of that song. So imagine folk, you know, it it was like, just the two of us, we can make it if we try, just the two of us, just the two of us. And honestly, I know this is like going to be so sad. I really dig that version. It was so good. I know, I know. I see the disappointment in your well, eyes. Thank I you, see ladies and gentlemen. Seething. It's been great. Uh, I've had a fantastic time here on Break the Business. I hope to be invited back, maybe. So I'm taking over Just from kidding. here solo. Got it. I've scared you off in the first two minutes. Because no, there's a lot that you're going to like about this show, okay? Yeah, um, I guess. I, I know that we started off inauspiciously with your... Here. With your muted mic and my god-awful singing, but man, I'm telling you, it is all just strawberries and cream from here, my man, okay? Our guest this week, coming up after the break, is Pell. This guy's super awesome, really amazing rapper based out of New Orleans. He's doing some great activism, highlighting the incredible creative community in New Orleans, promoting environmental issues and societal issues. He's just Mm. such a great model for other artists to follow. I can't wait to talk to him. Yeah. Looks like he's doing big things. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to we're going to really dig having him in the next segment. In the meantime, Jace, uh, mm. since I got you here and you haven't left, even though you had every right to do so about a couple minutes ago, we appreciate you sticking around. It's always empty threats with me. It's OK. <laughs> I, I want to talk to you first about a listener question that we got. OK. And normally I'll, I'll say this like with listener questions. They usually just send them to me in the emails and then I just reply to the email. But every once in a while, I get one that I think is a little delightful and I want to share it with everybody. And the listener probably doesn't appreciate that. They probably just wanted to keep their stuff private. But nope, you're on blast now. I cannot wait because it's a great question. And I think because what the people need to know about you, JC, is you yourself are a creator, a terrific artist and 
what this listener is asking about is probably something that you have confronted with a great deal of regularity in your own work as a creator. So I think you're going to dig this question. So here's what they wrote. Ryan, I saw that you tweeted about band agreements and making sure that all of your band members sign an agreement before you make music together. Always good advice. Band agreements, smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Next part of the question. But what if I am only doing a creative project with somebody just one time? Should I still have some kind of agreement with them? And I thought that was a pretty terrific question. That's a great and, question. Yeah. And, you know, you collaborate with a lot of performers uh, in your nonprofit work, uh, in your in your vocal work. Like this a, collaboration is a way of life and it is a way of life for a lot of creators out there. And so what I would say to somebody in this situation or in situations like it, whether you are a musician, a songwriter or some other person involved in a creative endeavor where you're working with other creative people is generally, yes, it's always good to set the ground rules of a creative project in writing before you do the creative project. Now, does that mean you need a 50-page contract? I mean, you know me as a lawyer, I always want you to sign a 50-page contract because it just makes things simpler. Because then you know where it leaves Come on. Yeah, no, right. But I understand, like, that's not the way the world works. And, you know, creatives need some amount of flexibility. So, in the absence of being able to get a lawyer and you know have like them really draft a long, thoughtful agreement that's going to spell out your collaboration and all the terms, what you at least want to cover yourself is a short document that you both sign that answers a couple fundamental questions that are important in any creative project. One, who's going to own the thing you created? Two, who's getting paid? And three, how much? These are three super important fundamental questions in any creative project that so many artists don't figure out ahead of time. And in the process, both creators may have a very different point of view about what the ground rules are going to be before they get involved. And then somebody's in for a rude awakening. You know, the best, you know, and this is probably something you've come across a lot in your own work, right? Oh, for sure. I mean... When it comes to regularly working with new artists, I will have a contract that I've already set up up front. Um, It's just something you're going to get before you get paid. My question for you, especially because this sort of off the cuff working with people creatively is something that we're doing a lot more now. Um, we're just saying, hey, your stuff looks really good or it sounds really good. Let's work together. Is there some point along the line? Could you start that sort of contract process after you've already started the collaboration? Like, how does that all hold up? That's that's a really, really great question. And it comes up a lot in the songwriting context, right? Yeah. Because... You know, you're 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 in the studio or you're at somebody's house, you're jamming, you're making a song together and you get a good flow going. Right. You're starting to kick things around and and then, you know, nothing will kill the flow quicker than somebody pulling out a split sheet and saying, hey, we really should sign this before we keep going. Make sure who owns what. It's what I do, but it <laughs> might not be for everyone. So you're, go But on. you're responsible. We like that. Right. You know, the, for the lawyer in me is happy to hear that. But the answer to that question is the sooner in the process that you can get a little bit of paperwork involved, the better. Because the further, it's sort of a balance, right? Because you don't want to interrupt the flow, but at the same time, the further along you get in the process, the harder it is to get people to agree. And the nightmare scenario is you don't get, like in the songwriting context, 
is you don't get people to sign anything during the songwriting process. You don't get people to sign anything when the song's on Spotify, and then all of a sudden the song's a massive hit, and it's it's still not clear who owns what in the song. That's my eighth note. I put that eighth note there. (laughs) That's right. And I need to be paid my percentage of the street. And then and then the guy who delivered pizzas to your house is like, hey, I totally kicked in a line. Where's my 15%? I mean, he's right. in the liner notes. <laughs> I don't know how he got there, but he's there. <laughs> right. So the right. So the, the sooner you get into, into the process, the better. The good news is with the songwriting process is that technology has really stepped up yeah. to simplify this process. So in the olden days, by which I mean, you know, 10 years ago, Split sheets, which are basically a document that spells out who owns what percentage of the song you just wrote, Mm -hmm. used to literally be a sheet of paper. Now there's great tech tools out there where you can do it all on platforms. I love recommending the platform Song Splits to artists. Hmm. You know, web-based platform where everybody, you know, you can type in, you know, what everybody's piece of the song are, who your publishers are, who your performance rights organization is. You can do it on your phone. And that way, it's, it's all tech-based. It's all in the cloud, so you don't have to, like, keep documents. And then, oh, wow. do I have the latest copy? If it ever gets amended, you all, you know, e-sign it together. And that way, it's, it's a lot more seamless, which serves to make sure you're not interrupting the flow of the creative process. And yeah. that's super important. But we see this outside of the songwriting context as well. What about if you're making an album and you bring in a session musician to play guitar on your track? What you don't want is the nightmare scenario where that song becomes a massive hit and that guitar player who you maybe only meant to hire for one session says, hey, we're totally in a band together, right? And that song we did, like, we all own it together. That recording we did, we all own it together as a band, right? That's what or we totally I mean, agreed that upon. one riff is like the most popular thing about the song. Well, if it's uh, the riff in that folk version of just the two of us that I was telling you about, absolutely. It just, just really just... I'm going to send you that track and you're going to you're going to eat your words and you'll be like, you know what? That actually is a pretty good version of that song. I, I take back everything I said. I'm so glad that this is the last episode of Break the Business I'll ever be on. <laughs> no! So happy for this. <laughs> right. And but I'm glad that you brought up something earlier, JC, about templates. Right. So you're telling me you have documents that you have ready to go when yeah. you're ready to collaborate with somebody. Well, personally, as the lazy person I am, you know, the first time I sat down to write an artist contract uh, for hiring someone, I never wanted to do it again. So I made the process as easy as possible to kind of just plug in what you need, um, because I am not a lawyer, uh, even though I play one on television. Uh, So... You know, you always want to make the process easy, take it to someone who knows what they're doing and say, hey, will this hold up? And uh, just make it so you can plug and play just like a lot of other things that we do in our lives. And so you don't have the hard work that happens after people start claiming things in a court of law. (laughs) That's exactly right. And. You, know, you said it perfectly. So, I mean, a lot of artists are afraid of like, am I going to have to bring in a lawyer every time I do a new collaboration? No, you get templates. And by the way, there are, you know, so maybe you bring in a lawyer once and you pay for an hour of their time to create, you know, just to draft you a quick and dirty one page template that's going to lay out things like who owns the work and how much are people getting paid. 
Is it going to cover you as much as a 50-page contract would? No, but it's going to save you from a great deal of heartache down the road if these works ever get any measure of traction. And there's a lot of great resources out there that already do this. Uh, I Absolutely. love recommending to artists the Indie Artist Resource, uh, done by a fantastic entertainment lawyer named Erin M. Jacobson, who's been on this show a lot of times, and she's a true friend of the indie artist. I think she's actually known as the indie music lawyer. Boy, I wish I got that trademark before <laughs> oh. she did. Oh, it hurts! But she's got, but she deserves it because of this great platform, the Indie Artist Resource that she has, where you can get templates for like any sort of entertainment deal you'd want to do under the sun. And it's been vetted by a terrific attorney and it'll get you, you know, a great, you know, 90% of the way there for these kind of collabs that you're going to do. And a little bit of investment up front can save you a great deal of heartache later, regardless of the kind of collaboration that you're doing. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. Um, a couple more things while I got you here, JC, before we go to the break, I do want to talk about something that just became news. Like we, we rarely break news here on break the business, but, uh, news has very much been broken here. And the news that I, I want to talk about, I think JC froze. Did you freeze there, buddy? Yes, I think he did. All right. Well, let's see if we can get JC back. But in the meantime, I'm going to talk to everybody, you know, but <laughs> to see. What a what a great position for him to be frozen. Oh, he's back. JC, are you there? I'm I'm here. Okay. You were you were frozen solid, my man, in like a in, in a look that I think we would call concerned. I like, was very concerned. You were frozen on a great look because it looked like you were deep in thought, really like considering the power of the words I was laying mm. out there. So it was absolutely perfect. I'm sure that gave you a lot of, you know, encouragement to go on. <laughs> It did. I was, I was ready to keep on rolling. <laughs> no, what I was just saying was, like, for the first time since Break the Business has ever existed, we're going to break news. We've never been Ooh. able to break news before because we've always just been a podcast that is going to come out three days later. But mm -hmm. now we're live, and this just happened. Uh, okay. Twitch just announced today that they are changing their harassment policy, their hateful conduct and harassment policy, in a way that I think is really, really cool. And is going to have immediate implications for the creators, especially the creative community on Twitch. And I think it's worth talking about. So Twitch, like most of these companies that have third-party content on them, have a pretty standard harassment policy, right? You cannot harass people on the platform. You cannot do hateful things on the platform. Right. If you do hateful things on the platform, they will remove you from the platform. Same as Facebook, same as Twitter, same as Snapchat, same as everybody, maybe not Parler, uh, but you know most of these platforms, that's exactly how this goes down. But Twitch has now stepped up and has really become the first tech platform in which they are also addressing misconduct that happens outside of Twitch. So Twitch has just announced that for the first time, um, any uh, egregious acts of hate and harm, including threats of mass violence, child grooming, leadership or membership in a hate group and more that happens off the platform, that has nothing to do with what you're doing on mm -hmm. Twitch, can still subject you to discipline on the platform. And uh, this is from Forbes, I'll just quote it here. Previously, Twitch left the door open to booting users for their offline conduct, but only in the limited cases of hate and or harassment specifically directed at other Twitch users. With the new rules, users could be booted for hate or harassment of anyone even if they're not Twitch users. Twitch's approach starkly contrasts with Facebook and Twitter, which have been known to host users who are known members of hate groups 
or have previously committed active violence. That's just some beautifully executed shade on the part of Forbes, Forbes there. That was just terrific. But I mean, what an interesting and welcome approach, in my view, that Twitch is exploring here, which is, I think, Twitch understanding that the people on their platform are, you know, they're not just treating these people as customers on the platform. They're treating them as talent. And all the stuff that goes on the platform and is broadcast inevitably reflects back on Twitch. So if a Twitch creator is doing something in their private life that has nothing to do with Twitch, but still makes the news, that's going to reflect badly on the platform that carries that person. And so Twitch wants to have a mechanism to treat its talent the same way that CBS would treat its talent on a sitcom if one of their sitcom stars did something objectionable off of the network. You're just going to bring up Roseanne and not direct. Like Roseanne. What was the Roseanne. other one? Who's the other folk person that you bring up that got embroiled recently? Um, Gina Carano from The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, so it, you say stuff, you, you got to hit the door. And I guess it, it is sort of setting up Twitch streamers as being talent on the program. Yeah. It's it's a it's a change in approach that logically makes sense, but I think for a lot of for a lot of the creators on the platform, some of them might be perturbed by it by saying like, "Oh, you're going to police me when I'm not on Twitch," and Twitch's response is going to be, "Yeah, you're our talent. <laughs> you know, yeah. everything that you do reflects on us. If you do something." horrifying off of our platform the first paragraph of the article talking about you is going to say this person's a twitch streamer and twitch doesn't want that smoke i mean there are a lot of uh really big politics related twitch streams kind of coming up i mean twitch is moving away from being just a video game streaming platform as we are live on twitch right now uh it is Everything It is an everything platform. And so uh, once you sort of bring in that chaos of everything, you as a company have to protect yourself um, against all of that. Yeah. And they are really putting their money where their mouth is with this. They're actually hiring an independent law firm that is going to investigate any claim of off platform violation. So there's going to be a whole procedure with this where these things are investigated by a third party. I do think it's a welcome development. I am interested in seeing what this winds up looking like in practice. Yeah, there's for sure going to be some sort of a messy transition period. uh, But tech companies are always so good with this stuff. What do you mean? Sure they are. I mean, in the end, we... We don't want to bring up the insurrection in the room, but uh, there is a lot of things that can happen offline that can uh, be reflected by what you do online. So just just be good people. Yeah, that's directed to all of you Twitch streamers. Like, <laughs> yeah. be good. You know, somebody's good. watching you now. OK, JC, I have here on my show sheet. Mm. It says... Little Nas X presents Twerk Hero. I will confess, my knowledge of Little Nas X ends at this whole thing with the Nike shoe and the trademark lawsuit. And after that, like, I I, I don't know what's going on in the world of Little Nas X. I do know he hit the number one on the Billboard Hot 100 again, which is pretty cool. But what's going on with Little Nas X and what is Twerk Hero? We're going to back it up just a little bit, Ryan. All right. Lil Nas X 
What did I say? Like, you're just, little Nas? Like, oh, uh, like, I like the other, <laughs> I pronounced it like Nas, like the, the yeah. other pop star. So right, we just got to bag it up. It's just little Nas X. Just let it flow. Softer, softer flow S. Through. Yes. As a linguist, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so anyway, I mean, it's been really big news that Montero, call me by your name, has started the great satanic panic of 2021. It has been wildly uh, entertaining. Uh, uh, it's been really great, and it's really gone to show you that, for me, I've seen Lil Nas X as a king of the internet. Um, he is a noted barb, which, uh, you know, explanatory comma, uh, that is a follower of Nicki Minaj. Um, and you don't want to mess with a Nicki Minaj fan. Um, so he is very adept at the internet, and um, everything I think he's done since the release of the video and the song has been to push forward and push the boundaries so that people are talking about it and he essentially gets free publicity. Uh, so the next in his line of controlling the internet is a game that he released today. Uh, he announced it via Twitter, Twerk Hero. So Twerk Hero is a game. It is a game you can go now um, to, I think it is Montero, call me by your name, dot name is the website that you can go to right now. The on always treasured dot name TLDs. Well, yes, I hope to be the second dot name ever on the internet. Is there, is, is dot name actually a thing? <laughs> uh, but anyway, the- I, I, I would I would look it up on my computer, but I'm afraid of like what what will pop up on my screen if oh. if I if I enter in this web page and then I just see a bunch of twerking. All, all of the viruses, by the way, <laughs> every single virus uh, will be on the other dot names. Uh, but twerk hero uh, joins the the long list of illustrious rhythm games uh, where you now get to. Uh, control Lil Nas's buttocks. We're trying to keep it PC, right? <laughs> control his backside and move it in the directions uh, to the music, obviously, to Montero, Call Me By Your Name. So, um, so it's not just rhythmic, like, up and down kind of twerking. You, there's some directionality involved. Up and down kind of twerking. Okay, so... <laughs> It is multi-direction, as any true twerk hero would know. Uh, the first level is pretty easy. People I've seen have had issues trying to get it down, but I made it to the fourth stage pretty easily. I am a, a pretty pretty big rhythm game fan, so that's, that's quite twerk heroic of you. It, I I am truly a twerk hero. I mean. I, I'm just assuming. I don't know what the highest level is. If it it could be like four of ten thousand, and then your twerk game is you know garbage. But right. you know, I'm, I mean, I'm it, on it, the way to twerk demigod. You know, <laughs> zero to hero, no time flat. <laughs> wow, <laughs> as a hurt. Who'd have thought we would go from Lil Nas X to the Disney uh, Hercules cartoon? I mean, just a natural progression, really. You're gonna honestly, Ryan, these are like, the these are the things that you invite me on this show for. This that's is, exactly right. This um, is what so, I do. I mean, what do you think of of his approach? Because I, I'll tell you, 
before like three or four weeks ago, I almost forgot about Lil Nas X. You know, like I remember Old Town Road and everything. And then all of a sudden I can't escape him and he's gone straight to number one and he's captured pop culture. And even like lawyers on lawyer Twitter are talking about him because he is pushing the bounds of the first sale doctrine in trademark law. And it just came out of nowhere. Like, I mean, this is strategic on his part, right? I mean, yeah. And if you want to get into that, I, I, I believe you're referring to the shoes. Yes. And how there is now a lawsuit from Nike against Mischief, which is uh, the custom shoe producer. I mean, there's a lot to be said. And I I don't know if you want to get into that, but really, I think it's all brilliant. I think everything he's doing is a brilliant use of the Internet, a brilliant use of sort of silly rage. Um <laughs> And in the age of the digital age, in the age of the internet, in the age of Spotify streams, in the age of YouTube streams, like, how do you get to the top? Well, you've got to get people to rage view your video sometimes. If you want and so to he's, top. he's maybe, maybe not comfortable with this, but he understands that being liked and being hated are both critical components of achieving the fame he's trying to achieve achieving the success he's trying to achieve honestly i think that he thinks those two things are 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 together you Mm. can't break them he is going to be liked or hated just by who he is so he might as well make some news with it and make some really cool stuff with it like twerk hero um (laughs) because just by you know sort of the point of the video and the song is that He's going to be who he's going to be, and some people are going to like it, some people are going to love it, and some people are going to hate it. Uh, and there's he can't control that. So um, I think he's doing a brilliant job of controlling all the narratives that he's sort of put out there with this song. It, it's game-changing, JC. He has gotten the oldie, oldest, crustiest trademark professors in the game <laughs> talking about him. Yeah. I mean, just just imagine a whole bunch of old, crusty trademark professors also pronouncing his name Little Nas X. <laughs> Thank and, you. We put that out there so some of them that are listening to this very podcast right. can can uh, correct yes, those I, things. I have to go call up like you know Chester Butterfield the third at Harvard <laughs> Law School and say it's actually a softer S, uh, Professor Butterfield. Yeah, make sure you get you, that right. Thank you. It's more like a Z. I don't want uh, to look bad in front of his kids, you know, in front of his students. It's important. He's he's also uh, on the TikTok. Oof. Oh man, <laughs> I mean, he was kind of like the first you know, artists to really propel themselves from the TikTok platform. Like he shot up at like TikTok made him a number one artist with Old yeah. Town Road. Am I, am I mistaken with that? Well, I mean, do you know that Old Town Road also has the like record number one weeks on the Billboard charts? I, yes, I mean, I take that even one imagine. sweet day. <laughs> yes, I know. I mean, Mariah's just just in her giant mansion. Just, playing you know, that back. made her so mad. You, like, you watch the One Sweet Day video. You see them all in the studio together, like with their hand, like just really getting into it. They knew they had like a song that was going to be number one for 19 weeks. And they probably never thought it was going to be topped. And then Old Town Road comes along. Oh, just think of Wanye. What is he Wa- doing? Oh, you, you, you know Wanye is despondent, inconsolable. <laughs> That's the only Boys to Men member I can name. <laughs> it's, I'm... 
I, I, I will not confirm or deny whether that is also the only voice <laughs> to men. <matter. laughs> it's the coolest name in the crew. Oh, my God. Anyway. All right. Well, we try to think of more members of Boys to Men. We're going to take a break and then welcome our guest, Pell. Don't go anywhere. Keep watching slash listening to Break the Business. Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> JC just swooped in there, coming out the commercial break. Let's I was welcome in the our pit. guest. Oh. <laughs> I do dig that background behind you. That's absolutely nice. fabulous. Our guest this week is a New Orleans-based rapper and activist who recently released Global Warming Volume 1, a conceptual project that showcases over 20 local artists in his area and sheds light on important social issues in his area. You can find out more about his work by visiting www.pellyeah.com. We're happy to welcome Pell on Break the Business. How's it going? What's up? How you doing? What's Glad up? to be here. So good to have you. All right, Pell, before we get started, I noticed that while we because we can see the video of you in the green room before you come in and we happen to also see the most adorable dog I have ever seen. Oh, wow. Wow. That's uh, that's my manager's dog. Uh, his name is Titus. He, he was being a little a little uh, nippy. So, so uh, he's now like locked away in the room. Oh right no! Because I was gonna <laughs> see no. if we could hang, if it, we could see Titus so again. Good. It could have been oh. also simple, but um, yeah, he, he said not today. Um, Bummer. <laughs> Man, we'll get to the real star later. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, yo, T Titus is a star. You hear that, Mo? Okay. <laughs> it's important for me that I, I, I can't tell you how important it is for me to know that Mo knows how adorable Titus is. Okay. And I appreciate you spreading <laughs> that message. She knows. Right. She knows. Um, to equally important matters, though, I want to have you tell the listeners and the viewers a little bit about the Global Warming Project. When did you start with this? 
Yeah, so um, the Global Warming Project in its inception was uh, – it started in 2017, uh, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, in a session that I had with several New Orleans artists that were coming through um, Louis. Uh, – I'm sorry, L.A. at the time. And I was in a session with two artists in particular, Malik95 and uh, Micah Eugen, who goes by Micah Jasper. And we were talking about how all of our friends really needed some type of outlet for us to put out music that wasn't tied to our projects or didn't have to go to an album that was like personal, but rather something that we could all call our own, but come come up with a collective together with it. Um, in the future, this wound up turning into global warming. Um, I had the idea when, when we were talking about it and I was just like, yo, it's gotta be called global warming. I'm trying to do this project. And uh, I, like uh got the little at name uh global warming i like the our little for all the socials it was on twitter it was on instagram it was on facebook and it was like just a photo of like pangea and uh i was like yeah it's, it's it was kind of like a trolling thing at the time and shortly when um shortly after i'd say i started recording with a couple of the artists that i'm friends with in new orleans uh in particular crucial sleazy easy um dominic scott a couple other artists in new orleans and was telling them about the project and we built up um a good base of about 16 to 20 records that in 2020 um was expanded to about 30 records um during the pandemic i started sending out records and the crazy thing about it while while we're working on this during the pandemic my hard drive crashes um Oof. and oh, no. I know I know right no. but, but shout out to God shout out oh god so I um luckily I had sent stems along with the records when I was sending them to different artists different producers so that that way we had a, a little trail of you know a, a digital trail of all these records or most of the records that we could then like just mix and recreate um for the record but um, in using the name global warming, no vowels because the internet, you feel me? Um, we, I think vowels we became did... illegal like around 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who needs them? Who needs them? <laughs> so we don't. Uh, so what we did is we decided to, um, I thought that there was a, a need for responsibility using the name global warming um, to actually have uh, a, a dedicated side of what we were doing on the music side and more importantly on um, what you're calling and I think what most people call the activism side. I think we just call it community building because it's really just about the community and the people that we know that have been doing things for the, the community and more of the activism uh, and taking a bigger step in the activism role and just following their lead on certain things. But, well, I'd um, like to talk to you a bit about that community building side of it because I think your example, Pell, is a great demonstration of the fact that art doesn't exist in a vacuum and it can be used as an instrument to make other cool community efforts happen. So to let the, the folks yeah. know here, as part of the release, you're also encouraging people, for example, to donate to su support local charities. You're mm -hmm. organizing community programs like recycling drives as part of this relief. So did you always envision this kind of setup that the album and the community projects would go hand in hand and sort of feed into each other? Definitely. That's, that's, that's right on. Um, I think that 
um, the idea with while we were building it, um, the record that is, and hearing about the stories that were going on in New Orleans, and also just thinking about what's going on in the, the world and the climate and thinking about global warming and climate change alone, and you think about New Orleans, we would be the most impacted through the fruition or the like, manifestation of com a complete, you know, climate change. Um, if you look at the Gulf and you look at like the receding shorelines and what what have you, where we we all live through Katrina. Most of the people that are on this record, actually everybody, obviously, that's on this record. Um, there, there's always that conversation of doing better here and there. I don't think that we're trying to change the world uh, to d tomorrow, but little things like you mentioned, um, donating to CCSJ, which is Concerned Citizens of St. John uh, Parish, which is um, the, it's the path between, it's actually the bit of land between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, where there's uh, a crazy number of um, industrial plants that um, emit so much toxic matter that uh, they call it cancer alley. So wow. yeah, and and there's like a disproportionate number of people that have lung disease, disproportionate number. And this, this came into national headlines again because of uh, the COVID crisis. Um, they were obviously number one in the state, but number three in the U.S. in terms of uh, deaths per capita via uh, COVID-19. So it was it was a no-brainer that we wanted to work with them and shed some light onto that and obviously raise money so that they could help raise awareness and lobby against these industrial plants. We also did recently, two weeks ago, a, uh, uh, a recycling drive with Glass Half Full NOLA, which was amazing, um, where... I don't know if people know this, but New Orleans doesn't recycle glass. The only place that does it is this wow. place called Glass Half Full Nola. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? I didn't even know this. I found this out probably two months ago, and I was like, oh, my God, you got to do something. So um, teamed up with uh, two of my friends and um, linked up with Glass Half Full and Nola Alchemy, who turned this recycled glass into these 504 beads uh, as, as a symbol of, obviously, New Orleans. But oh, even yeah, more get that in the camera. Time. That's 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 really yeah, sweet there. Me. I like that. Yeah. You feel me? You can't even when the light hit the ice, it twinkle and glisten. You feel me? <laughs> Come on, so, so yeah. So really, it's just like it, it's you know obviously good looking jewelry, but keeps the the city beautiful. So we, we're trying to keep that going with everything that we do musically because at the end of the day, especially in rap, if you think about like whenever I first started listening to rap i know people would always ride hard for their cities and talk about their cities and how they made them and i'm no different new orleans made me new orleans raised me and also put me on the map uh people love the fact that i'm from new orleans just as much as they love my music but what's more important than taking that energy is giving back in a real way and i think everybody that's a part of global warming um is a part of that mission of giving back to the community and that's just why they go hand in hand you know? All right. So in the name of giving back to the community, I know that there are a lot of creators who are listening and watching that are inspired by this. And they would like to do similar efforts to use art as a vehicle to engage in community improvement in their own area, because you know every community is going to have its own unique challenges. And to the extent that creative works can help solve these problems they want to do it for those creators out there do you have any advice for them on how they get started maybe a challenge that you didn't anticipate that if you could go back and tell yourself how to address that challenge you would 
Yeah, I think the main challenge is identifying strengths in your own backyard, you know, not reaching too far outside of the people that are in within your community. And that's mm-hmm. that's really how you build your career. I think um, none of this would have been able to happen without us realizing that one, we had the talent Two, we had um, a similar mindset as to what we wanted to get done and also different types of talents and different from top to bottom in terms of the industry. Um, you know, everybody was was able to make this. It, happen it's, it takes a village and i think that oftentimes when you're first starting you see these stars you see you know uh the kanye's of the world you see you know travis scott's insert anybody who's huge um to the kids right now even and you you see it as unattainable unless you go to la you go to new york you go to nashville you go to florida but looking your back your own backyard looking your neighborhood these people are just as talented they just need the access um, to show their talents. And, and I think sometimes we don't even give um, our, our our own that chance. So make sure you, you tap in with your own, for sure. Yeah, JC, I love win-win scenarios in the entertainment biz. And this is what this is, right? Because Absolutely. Pell is in, improving his community. He's creating great art. He's empowering the other creators in his community and enriching them and growing their standing. And it's just everybody wins in a scenario like this. I love it. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad people recognize it because that was always the goal. I think it's just, it's good to see it received so well and that, you know, I'm, I'm able to be a part of it. Just, you know, being the genesis for all of what we're doing is great, but also now seeing and living in it and being a part of this team is just as important. and. Um, hopefully we inspire a lot more people. Well, we've been talking about collaboration all show, so this is a, a great example of what can happen when great creators collaborate together and can quite literally change the world um, by changing their communities. I have to ask you this because I see it here in the show sheet, Pell, and I'm never going to forgive myself if I What's don't that? get the backstory on this. Um, <clears throat> I see here that your first songwriting effort was a anti-drug PSA song called Don't wow. Smoke that you did yep. in the fifth grade. Yep. I assume that there has to be a hilarious backstory to Ooh, this. Man, if I could find the video, we would have started the interview. With oh, wow. Uh, no! <laughs> tell me there has to be a video. Look, last Blame week... Katrina. Katrina, nope. No! Yeah, shout, oh, shout out to that Oh, no! One. Yep. Because look, like, Pell, last mm. week, to give you some example, okay, when I was 13 mm. years old, I did a terrible cartoon voice for a terrible cartoon that never saw the light of day on any American television network. And for years, I thought it was gone and that it would never (laughs) exist. And then YouTube emerged and everything is on YouTube. And I found this cartoon and I actually played it on the show last week. But you're telling me that this don't smoke fifth grade PSA that Uh. you did is lost to history? It's lost to history, man. Keep putting it out there, man. Keep putting it out there because I know someone has that and they're going to put it on YouTube. Just keep putting it out there. You know what? I'm I'm going to put some posts out like immediately, actually, after this interview. (laughs) I remember a couple of bars, though. It was just like, don't smoke. It's no joke. You think you're fly when you get high, but you're going to, going to, going to die. And uh, yeah, that that was one of my first raps I ever wrote. You know, some would say it's a hit. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. So, so that's, uh, go, that's going so on I'm Global been, Warming so Volume 2, right? Basically, I've been about this is all I'm saying. <laughs> basically, I've been about this, like... Oh, um, been changing communities <laughs> since the beginning, man. Yeah. Oh. Nah, this sincerely, has been, sincerely. This has been awesome. Really inspiring. I know the, the folks watching and listening are going to learn a lot from your example. And, uh, you know, it, it's the first of a, a lot of artists that we've had on this program that have done similar kind of cool things. Uh, I remember uh, a few months back we had an artist on named Ray Zaragoza, who is also a community mm-hmm. activist who put out music to help raise money for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe during the Dakota oh, Access right. Pipeline thing. And, I mean, artists are in a particularly impressive position to be able to move people through their art. And your example takes it to the next level because you're not acting alone. You realize that there's strength in numbers and you brought a a great group of tremendous local artists from your area to help improve your community. I'm inspired and I know the listeners and viewers are as well. Before we let you go, pal, one last question that we uh, ask all of the folks who come on this program and that is, do you have any last tips to share with the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? Um, yeah, uh, I like this, this phrase, no analysis equals paralysis. You know, make sure that you take time for yourself to view where you're at in your career at multiple times during a month, a year, um, so that you understand where your goals are, how close you are to your goals and also set new ones. Because uh, if you don't, you'll get stuck in a cycle. So make sure, because nobody will do that for you. you. You're the master of your own shit, captain of your own shit, you know. So make sure that you take advantage of that. And rule number one, ownership. Make sure you can retain as much as you can of that pie. Oh, see, now, now you're definitely speaking the language of this program. Too oh. wise. Too yes. wise. Find what? out more Come about on. our guest's work. You're, you're the lawyer. I, I'm about <laughs> to cop the book. Trust me, I'm, I, I, I've been peeped. I'm, I'm about to copy it. Oh, much appreciated. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, shoot, you send me your address. I'll send you the book. No problem, man. Um, I'll All right, always, I'm taking you up on that. You bet. Always <laughs> happy to empower a great creator like you. It's the very least I can do. You're you're helping, you know, improve New Orleans. Like, I mean, you're you're a hero. Um, that's the we, we love that stuff around here. Uh, find out more I'm about our guest work. Oh, bless you. Find out more bless about you. our guest work by visiting pelya.com. Pal, thank you so much for joining us this week. Oh, um, all right. Peace. Oh, I'm inspired. How about you? <laughs> Very. Oh, like, man. That... Truly wise words. Like, we're both older than he is. And I'm like, I am learning some knowledge right now. Like, I will take that that word. And as if I didn't already appreciate him enough, he ends by saying he wants to read my book. That's just somebody who's after my own heart right there. I mean, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> knows how to knows how to leave an interview man. Ooh, no boy just just some just some fantastic host sucking up right there always appreciated here at break the business that's good, good. You know, i would use that if i was ever coming back on this show again good message to all <laughs> present and future guests on break the business you want to get in my good races just drop the book at any point it's like a five-year-old book it doesn't matter Tell me you want to read it. Not only will you make me happy, but as you can see, I'll just send you a copy. (laughs) That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. (gasps) There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That that guy's tremendous. And I love this new kind of 
thing that we're seeing, and certainly the idea of artists being activists isn't new, but the way that today's artists are collaborating and using technology and, you know, bringing people together to improve their communities is not only obviously great for the communities that they're helping, like obviously Ray Zaragoza did some amazing things for the Standing Rock Sioux, Pell's doing mm-hmm. great things for New Orleans, and that alone is is worth the effort, but your fans respond to it too. The, the new music industry, the new entertainment industry is all about cultivating a devoted community of fans, quality over quantity of fans, and nothing improves the quality of your fan base more than a cause for all of you to get behind. Yeah. And, you know, Pell gets it. And I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And oh. it, it's great to see an indie artist sort of doing it. I think that, you know, we look to the past and we see that lots of artists, lots of mainstream artists have sort of had causes that they've gone out for. But to see that you can do that on the local level and really make a difference. I mean, like you said, start small, use your backyard, use your community that you've built and you see how far you can go. You don't have to be USA for Africa. You know, you don't need, you don't need Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson and Cindy Lauper in the same room. It doesn't need to be, we are the world. That's right. We are the Nolans. And in fact, a lot of the smaller artists have the ability to be nimble, right? Because yeah. you can create things whenever you want. You can collaborate with whomever you want. You don't need to get a label's permission to work with a particular artist. And you have the flexibility to work on a local community cause that a big time artist might not be able to get involved with because they're too big time. And so there's a lot of advantages that indie artists have in this space. And it's just such a great thing to do getting involved. I love it. Absolutely. There's no way to transition to this because that's such a, a heartwarming topic. But um, Yahoo Answers is dead. What? I mean, I already knew that. But what? <laughs> I, I, my, my what is uh, for Yahoo Answers actually still being alive? I, I was pretty shocked. Well, <laughs> I will admit... I haven't been on Yahoo Answers in like 20 years. The only reason I knew that Yahoo Answers existed is because and this is the question and answer service on Yahoo.com that always has awful questions and awful answers. I don't know how it existed this long, but I was aware of it because I'm a fan of the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast, oh, you're a which Mubimban I'm pretty fan. sure single handedly has kept Yahoo Answers alive for the last 10 years. Absolutely. I mean, again, it's been around for maybe 15 years, 13, 15 years, and they're shutting down, it seems for good, on May 4th. Uh, So, you know, go and snap up your Yahoo answers and questions if you have them still, uh, because they're taking down, they're shutting down the studio like Buffy. I hope that there's going to be some kind of archive you know, there's way too much brilliance on the Yahoo Answers platform, like the thousands of different ways, like people ask if they're pregnant and how they spell it, that we don't want to lose this to history. Much like much like Pell's fifth grade anti-drug <laughs> don't smoke song. Right? We don't want to lose this beautiful work of art that is Yahoo Answers to history. We need to preserve it. I'm sure there's some internet archive of the best of Yahoo Answers that someone has just been collecting over the years. And they were just waiting for this time to write their uh, New York Times number one bestseller, the best of Yahoo Answers. uh, That will be or maybe I should start that right. now. I was about to say you really shouldn't have said that on this this show. There's an idea. Oh, my God. Let's, <laughs> no, it's 
It's such a, I, I would absolutely get that book. But um, yeah, as of now, I mean, as of, you know, the release of this show and this live stream, you can no longer ask questions on Yahoo Answers. So it's locked in and anyone that wants to go and download their own question and answers can do so, but you can't download anyone else's. So you got to start looking now if you want to do the research. It is amazing that in the age of Google, where you can ask any question in the Google search bar and get an answer, that Yahoo Answers hung on for as long as it did. That Yahoo in general hung on for as Fair. long as it did. Fair. I mean, yeah. So, okay. who knows? Also, I... I read in the news that Ariana Grande is going to be the next coach on The Voice and that uh, sources are saying that she could be getting anywhere from 20 to 25 million dollars to sit in a chair and push a button and have it spin around. And all I could think about, JC, with this story and talk to the artist like this. (laughs) You did your thing. That was my best Ariana Grande. You're not getting any more, you guys. Sorry. (laughs) Um, That that was pretty good, Ariana Grande. Thank you. Not going to lie. But it just just reminds me of something that I've always thought about with these talent shows, okay? Mm. Think about where we were in 2003 when American Idol first started. Maybe even earlier than that, 2001, whenever the first season of American Idol was. Like 2002, I think, yeah. There is no greater example of where the music industry was vis-a-vis the other areas of the entertainment industry back then. When you think about who they got to be the judges on, you know, American Idol, like in a lot of ways, the precursor to what is now the voice of the American Idol's back now. Like, who did they get? <sighs> Paula Abdul didn't have a hit record in 10 years and the bass player from Journey. And that that was you, their all star cast of on Randy Jackson. I uh, know. Right? I'm just just saying. All right, <laughs> like they're not getting whoever the biggest star in music was at the time because I mean, who would have been the biggest star like in '01? Uh, you know, Britney somebody like still like Whit like right. You would never get because that person like they would never they would consider being on a network television show as a judge. Such an indignity. Like, I'm Whitney Houston. I'm Mariah Carey. What the hell do you mean you want me judging a talent show on network television? I'm one of the biggest stars in the world. And I think there's no greater example of what has happened to the music industry that now being a judge or a coach on one of these programs is the most coveted job in the music industry. And of course, Ariana Grande wants that job. So you're saying that there there is a bit of craziness in the fact that she could be considered around the height of her career, right? Yeah. And she is now on a TV show. Right. The Ariana Grande equivalent of 2001 would would have just, like, punched her agent in the face at even <laughs> broaching the possibility of being a judge on a musical talent show on network television. How dare you? Okay, no. No more Ariana Grande. No, no, it gets no better more. every time. It, it really does. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's a Grande size. Um, but really... I give that one to you. Thank you. But really, I've heard some arguments to the contrary. 
because like like a lot of things now in this post-COVID world, Ariana Grande is probably doing one of the smartest things in that who is going to a sold out concert right now? Yeah. And if we know anything about, you know, artists, even at her level, is that most of the money that you make is in the live show. And we don't have those right now. So even though she's at the height of her career, she can be on a TV show and make somewhere around the same amount of money. I mean, that that to me sounds like a really smart move. So you're suggesting that if this were even two years ago, before mm-hmm. we had any idea of this pandemonium panorama, this pan's labyrinth that we were involved in, yes. if this personal Ariana Grande's agent is pitching this to her, she's like, no, I'm touring and that's where I'm going to make my money. But only now is this even on the table because of the current state of the yeah. world? It would have been the, how do you? <laughs> I knew we'd get one more today. Yes. You can't help yourself. Three times a charm. I, I really can't help myself. But yes, it, I I absolutely think that there there would not be a world uh, where Ariana Grande would be on The Voice had we not had this Pantene Pro V. <laughs> okay, that's my favorite one that I've heard. <laughs> that one rises to the top. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. Oh, our, uh, before we go, I, I do want to mention our guest next week. Oh, just keeping the great guests coming. One of my favorite people in the music business, Arielle Hyatt, publicist extraordinaire, is going to be joining us next week. She's amazing. You know, a true friend of the indie artist. Great. She's got a new book coming out. Great author. Great podcaster. Has helped so many countless indie musicians move their careers forward. She's been in the game so long doing amazing things. And I, every time we have her on the program, I absolutely adore talking to her. So that's next week. Do not miss it. Sounds awesome. Oh, oh my God. So God, the guests that we're booking, man, it's just, oh man. Just, this is I, a I can't show. I, I might come back. I don't know. Oh, you'll, you'll come back for that one. No. Yeah, Anytime you want to come back, man, like this is so much fun. I mean, I'll bring you back solely for the Ariana Grande impression, like putting aside even the great insights you're offering. That alone. I'll work on it. I'll and work the, on it. And we're shopping. And the Juan Ye reference from Boys to Men. You know, the hits <laughs> keep coming. Uh, it's, you know, talk to my agent, see if you can get me on. That's right. Uh, our guest, our, 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 our guest, our thanks to Pell uh, for joining us. My thanks to you, JC, for uh, co-hosting through this. It's been an absolute pleasure, my man. Be sure to follow our friend or whatever you're supposed to do with us on Twitch. Uh, you can follow the program on Twitter at the break the bit or at the BTV podcast. Where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at JSizzle, J-C-I-Z-L-E. It is a pretty delightful follow. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. And let's keep this conversation going. Thank you, everybody, for checking out Break the Business. We will see you next week.